the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I hope you had a great weekend. Great to be together. And a lot going on. I'm in the middle of um, doing some practice runs and getting prepared for our Collegians, our Phyllis Schlafly Collegian Summit, annual summit that we have. It's awesome. So it's interesting uh, uh, progression. Uh, in the old days when Phyllis Schlafly, it's been going on almost 30 years, she would have these events. It would be usually at the Heritage Foundation, and it would include a, a couple of hundred students um, and ebbed and flowed. Sometimes there'd be 50 or 60 or 80. A couple of times there were a couple of hundred. I'm probably overstating some of those numbers as my friends and colleagues like to they know I like to do. But anyway, it was always it, she had two things, great speakers and authors with books to push. And then as she got to the towards the end of her career, we did uh, they got smaller and she wasn't there some of the time. And it just changed a little bit. Well, because of covid, we went virtual and we did the thing virtually. And so we have guests come in. Oh, but, but let me pause. The, the summit for college students was college students brought in authors with books to push and elected officials, people that were in the in the Congress and bureaucrats if there were people serving in in public uh, service so it was that was the sort of theme well we have adapted it over the last few years and it's a collegian summit it's virtual there are some college students that are in town interning and otherwise who come by our offices and assist us we have one intern from old miss we've got a couple of interns uh my, my virginia tech is represented uh university of virginia other places and so this, those students will come to us, but mostly it's virtual. So if you go to phyllisschlafly.com, phyllisschlafly.com, you can check it out there. And we use the content all year long. It's very useful. So, all right. Uh, today, what do you need to know? What's today's wink? What you need to know? The wink. What you need to know. Go to, uh, by the way, visit proamericareport.com and sign up for the daily wink. And that message goes into your inbox each morning, 8 a.m. East Coast time, 5 a.m. Pacific time, and everywhere in between. And that email will have a few key links, a few, a few uh, key thoughts, my uh, brief thought, and, uh, you know, maybe sometimes 200 words saying, here's what I see. Here's what you need to know. And uh, very valuable. Proamericareport.com. Sign up there all right um what do you need to know what do you need what, what what's your wink today what you need to know well i was uh, over the weekend i went to a family reunion my fa- my wife's family uh my in-laws um sanger is their name and they have a, a reunion it's the second year in a row up in gettysburg and so we go up uh from washington dc a couple hours into what i would Called God's Country, Pennsylvania, sort of rural. Uh, Gettysburg's not a small town, but it's not a big, big town, and lots of great people. Anyway, we had a great visit with family and um, and friends and all that. But in the course of that, it was also, I feel like Selena Zito, the great writer uh, from near Pittsburgh. I was talking to 
regular people, people that are working hard. They got uh, their doctors, their lawyers, their working folks. They're uh, got their families. Kids are in school. Kids are in the military. Kids are all over and and just regular people, whether it was at the uh, the hotel where we stayed. I met folks, whether it was at the reunion itself, at the restaurants afterwards, um, uh, after the actual event, uh, the reunion. But here's what you need to know. One conversation stuck with me. I was talking to a woman, hardworking lady. She's got a family and all. And she was saying, you know, this, the impact of inflation, you keep working hard, you keep working hard and, and, you know, doing what you're supposed to do. And it goes, you know, it goes uh, uh, less and less distance. And and she was talking about, she's like, people, I don't know how they don't see this, what's going on, that you, you know, when you go to fill up your gas tank, it's costing you 25% more. When you're going to say, hey, I'm going to have a weekend up in the Poconos, I think it was what she said, and I'm going to think about, you know, going up there with my kids or whatever, and you're trying to do the math because what you used to make is not going as far. And she was telling me, and I think this is right, more and more people, how can they not see that there's something off? And, I, you know, that the economy is off. Don't tell me it's going okay when more and more people, I mean, we, I drove up there and back and the gas bill was like, I don't know, it felt like it was 25% more than it ever was. And so in my discussion with this woman, I, I was kept thinking, I'm, I'm not telling you her name because I didn't ask her if I could tell this story. I, you know, her frustration was like palpable it, and people around a couple of, she mentioned one of her, uh, one of her friends or family members, somebody said, you know, just, just spend less. And she's like, well, I work so hard. I do. I, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. When you do what you're supposed to do and play by the rules. And then you get penalized for what? For just playing by the rules. And meanwhile, around us, we see more and more things happening. They want reparations in this place. They want loans forgiven in th- that place. And regular Americans are just doing what they're supposed to do, plugging along, doing the right things. And it's going less and less far. And the, the question, when you're out there, again, I had a different person, a conversation uh, on, I guess, Saturday morning in the hotel where we were staying, was how can you not notice how much different it is from the past presidency to this presidency? And, you know, one of the things that we're going to talk about in, in, in the uh, collegians and I, at the last segment of the show, if you go check that out, I'll talk more about some of our guests. So I won't belabor it now, but we're going to talk. One of the things we're going to talk about is uh, about this weaponization of the legal system against Trump and against others that supported Trump. But, you know, it's back to the broader point. What happens when the America where you knew if you played by the rules and did the right things, you didn't know you didn't know that you weren't guaranteed everything would be perfect. Nobody said that. That wasn't America. But you did know that if you played by the rules, you know, go to school, work hard, study. That, again, doesn't mean you're doesn't not everybody's going to go and and get a doctorate in, in nuclear engineering, but if you worked hard and played by the rules, it it was it was going to be fair. It was going to be you know, work out. And suddenly for more and more people, this lack of a belief that it's going to work out 
which is reinforced by all that you're seeing. You know, I mean, on Friday afternoon, evening, the Los Angeles Dodgers, they didn't just, they didn't do pride. They, they didn't say, Oh, if you're, if you want to, you know, if you want to be with that person or this person, we don't really care. We're not going to judge you, whatever. No, they had to shove down the throats, the Los Angeles Dodgers of the whole American people, this rabid anti-Catholic group that was just disgusting. It's it's like pride. I wanted to say pride is actually a vice. It's a sin. And they're shoving it down the American people's in our face on the TV and everywhere else. It's exhausting. So you play by the rules, you work hard, and everything gets you less. Everything's being diminished. Everything you believe in is being diminished. But more importantly, the dollar you earn is going only, you know, 25% less far. And meanwhile, you're watching this whole uh, uh, swamp down in Washington protecting people who are on the edges of, of life and punishing people like Trump who are seem to be standing up for regular people. What you need to know is that whether they told you it was a red wave in 2022 electorally in terms of the election... And whether they tell you now that the country split, I know there's a lot of people in this country that still believe all the goofy stuff, the woke stuff and the and the the Democrat stuff. But more and more people are just saying, I, I see now what you, you what you've done. Be careful what you wish for. The Democrats, by winning with Joe Biden, they got a chance to really show their true colors show their true colors of how they'd handle things, what they do with power, what who would be a priority for them and who wouldn't be. And more and more people in this country are really fed up. And I think they're going to make the the price for seeing what the Biden far left is doing in our schools, the craziness in our schools. They're going to make the they, they're going to make a point in 2024. I, I believe that. And I have to believe it because I want it to happen because we need to have some way to get an outlet to fix this stuff, to make it so that it's uh, it can be get better. And, and again, nobody wants to sit in judgment of everybody else. Nobody wants to say, but when you have a system that has stopped saying work hard, it'll work out and be fair. Instead, say, we'll pick winners and losers. We'll punish you if we don't like you. That system can't work. It's not American. It's not American. Anyway, I learned a lot, saw some friends, family, and learned a lot by listening uh, to folks who are going through life and just plugging along. And it's, uh, and you know, it's, it's almost every aspect of it's good family, friends, all those things, but just watching what's happening is really frustrating. So that's what I've got. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a pro America report. Don't, don't forget, excuse me, go to pro report.com and sign up there for the daily uh, email the daily wink what you need to know you know it now be right back welcome back welcome back ed martin here on the pro america report really pleased to talk to our next guest uh the an author and editor uh jamie glassoff is a phd also in history um and is uh, over at front page magazine which of course is david horowitz's uh shop and we love david horowitz he also hosts a tv show on the web the glassoff gang and uh has written a couple of other books but his newest book which is he's the editor of is called barack obama's true legacy how he transformed 
transformed America. I got an email from somebody telling me about it. And I said, yep, I want that one. And they, he sent it to me and I plowed through it. My listeners know, uh, Jamie, that I do love books. And so I love getting books and reading them. But I went through this also because it's edited with, uh, you know, sort of different authors writing different chapters. It's a bite-sized chunk. So it was great. So welcome, Jamie, to the program. How are you, sir? Fantastic. What an honor and privilege to be here, Ed. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, thank you, Jamie. First, this the idea for this book, the famous quote, uh, fundamentally transform America, Obama said, and you sat down. There's a million ways you could go at this. How did you how did you pick who to write for this? How did you sort of piece it together? Well, that's a great question. Well, look, I've met a lot of people over the years and I I'm always visualizing people in my brain and what they believe and how they stand. And look, I just a lot of communication, a lot of discussion and uh, just brought, you know, we got 18 great essays in there. Very powerful. And we brought 11 of the best around the world that know Obama the best. And uh, and in my heart, Ed, my my parents are from the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. We uh, we escaped that hellhole, but now the Soviet Union has come to us. And so Obama is part of that enterprise mm. and he planted the seed and he fer- fertilized the soil in terms of the catastrophe we're seeing now. And uh, that story has to be told. Uh, interesting. You said that the, the, I was, I was going to ask you in my notes here, the one I was interested in is chapter 15 when Daniel Greenfield wrote, but mm-hmm. I want to stop and go first though, because you mentioned mm-hmm. the way you phrased it. The very first chapter is something, and I didn't really know John Drew, uh, the author mm-hmm. of that chapter. So Obama, the young communist I knew it's interesting t- to reflect on what, who we elected to be president. Oh, absolutely. And that had to be told John Drew. I mean, everybody's got to get this book. Just read John Drew's chapter because, Ed, we don't know anything about Obama. Yeah, we don't. I mean, so much is hidden. And John Drew, you know, he goes and a lot of people don't even remember being around him where he says he was. So, you know, John Drew, you know, they went to university together and uh, Obama was a Marxist and they used to argue whether the revolution has to be done right away or whether it evolves slowly. And then uh, Jeff Nyquist has a piece in there on uh, Obama's Russia collusion and also talks about Obama's past, who he was born to, and uh, what what, uh, you know, there's some very scary things that people were saying about Obama, too, at a Russian dinner in 1990. Just very interesting stories that we have to bear in mind and calculate, you know, what. Well, what and, and, we, and, and, and some what, in some ways, in some ways, uh, tell me I'm wrong. But Jamie, again, I guess is Jamie Glassoff and the book is from Republic Book Publishers, uh, who I appreciate too, Al Regnery, Eric Campman. Um, and and uh, it's called Obama's uh, Barack Obama's True Legacy, How He Transformed America. Um, in some ways, that was the pivot to me. Obama's election was the pivot from there. The acceleration, the chapter I was going to ask you about is Obama enabling of racial strife and domestic terror. He, he looks like a piker compared to the current moment, but he started this. He started us into this acceleration. And uh, that was Daniel Greenfield's chapter. I mean, oh, he, th- that, yeah. that was the marker. That was the change, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. In Ferguson, when the Ferguson riots are on 
and uh, Greenfield documents the behavior of the Obama administration and, you know, how Obama, when he was campaigning, would always talk about how this isn't a blue America. It's not a red America. We are America. You know, he talked a good game. But that's that's how these Alinskyites and leftists and Marxists, how they figured out how to gain power. It's not by growing your long hair and flipping tables over and screaming. It's by getting a haircut and putting on a tie and a jacket and mingling with the middle class and mingling with the people you want to destroy and pretending you're among them. But yeah, absolutely. Pretending you want to end racial tensions and racial strife but then pouring fuel on the fire and and greenfield really shows how obama he paved the road he again he fertilized the soil he planted the seeds for what later began to really really ignite with the george floyd narrative etc etc but ed i just want to say try to say this very quickly dr um dr daniel pipes has documented Obama's Muslim youth and childhood. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying anything was wrong with that. Right. It's just a fact. Right. Now, years later, he's some kind of quote unquote Christian with Jeremiah. Right. Right. Ed, why has it never been asked? What was your religious journey and when was your conversion yeah. moment? Now, it's just it's something that's very important to bring up just in terms of that case and and uh, just the mystery around this guy. The fact that there's some kind of apostasy in play because he he uh, allegedly or apparently somehow is not Muslim. We just never got the story. We don't know what this religious journey is. We're not allowed to ask, but it's very are very, very significant in terms of uh, the Cairo speech that he made later and unleashed the Muslim Brotherhood. He unleashed the Islamists. And uh, just speaking of that, uh, Raymond Ibrahim, what a chapter in our book, an honor to have him in our book, but he documents how Obama enabled also not just the killing of Jews and Americans, but of of Christians, the persecution of Christians throughout I did the world. That, that was that that was a um, again new to me. Um, our guest is uh, Jamie Glassoff, and he's the editor of Barack Obama's True Legacy: How He Transformed America. As he mentions, these eighteen essays. When you get done with it, you really put it down and think, "Holy cow!" In in every aspect of American life, uh, dramatic changes in the, in the period since Obama was in. What, what, but uh, Jamie, how, you know, again, you, you got a, you got a big perspective. You're a historian. Um, what's the, fu- what could the future be? I mean, can you envision a transformative, uh, like a, not a reversal, but a, a different transformation? I mean, can, can America first, uh, or something like it be a transformation? Um, or, or are we just on a, a slope that feels slippery? Thank you, Ed, for asking that. You know, a lot of people don't want to hear bad news. Um, And we always have to have hope. And, you know, I'm a Christian and a lot of this, I mean, definitely we have to pray and it's all in the Lord's hands. But but when the Bolsheviks take over, it is a train that goes with power and force and they're very clever and they're brilliant and evil and shrewd. And we're seeing that happening in the United States. We're Mm -hmm. seeing a Bolshevik coup and a Bolshevik revolution everywhere we look, whether we look at all of a sudden, we've got all these trannies shaking their behinds in children's faces and you're not allowed to say anything. And if you do, the FBI is taking down your license plate in a parking lot because you're a domestic terrorist. 
We see what's happening at the border. We see what's happening with the economy. I mean, it's uh, it's a bleak picture, Ed. Obama, again, planted the seeds for this, and this is his third term. And uh, and what they're doing to Trump right now. I mean, look, you think this is new? You think this came out of nowhere? No. Look back. Joe Klein writes an essay in our book on Obamagate. What Obama, no, the FBI was going to close that investigation of Flynn, but Obama kept it going because of his vindictiveness and how much he hates Flynn. And what you saw happening to Flynn, we just see round two and round three now against Trump. Right. Um, but look, the, the picture looks very bad. The left is in control. The left is cooperating with the globalists. Uh, they're taking America down to build their one world, uh, quote unquote, utopia. Uh, but there's always hope. There's always hope in speaking the truth and what you're doing and what I'm doing and allying with each other and praying and getting the truth out there. There was a miracle when, you know, when Trump won, that was a miracle. Yeah, Miracles right. are possible. Yep. And a miracle can happen again. Well, I first of all, thank you. That's great. That's a great way. Um, I'm just uh, time flies unbelievably, and we're out of time. But uh, thank you for the book and for that and for being out there. I will put up on social media links to this again. Jamie Glassoff is the uh, is the editor of this book. In fact, I mentioned I Barry the lead. General Flynn has a v- powerful forward. Uh, the book is Barack Obama's True Legacy: How He Transformed America. Republic Book Publishers. Uh, thank you, Jamie, and keep at it. And we'll have you back again soon. So grateful uh, that, you know, I was able to come on your show, Ed. Thank you for giving me some time. You're a great guy and you have a great program. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Have a great day. Thanks. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I was just uh, speaking off the air with our next guest. Jeffrey Stevens is an author. Uh, he is in his previous life. He has uh, practiced law. He's uh, it is the books that I first got uh, clued in on him are the Jordan Sandor Seer Thrillers. There's a series of those. But the book I want to talk to him about, I mentioned earlier, Jeffrey, was Fool's Errand, a novel of yours from a few years ago, which I found so uh, interesting, fun. It's about a, a guy who is his father has passed away six years before, and he goes on this uh, search to figure out what was what's at the heart of this mystery of his uh, his father, who was a kind of uh, minor uh, criminal or something, minor sort of mobster. And it's all about fathers and fatherhood and all. And it's great. So, uh, Jeffrey Stevens, welcome back to the program. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for having me back, Ed. Well, it's great to have you back. And I know I've got I just said to you off the air, your, your newer book is called The Handler. And we'll get you on again to talk about that. But this uh, book, Fool's Aaron. First of all, I Post Hill Press publishes. How'd you come to write this one? It's really very personal. You can feel it. How'd you come to write this one? Well, I always wanted to write a book about my dad who did die when when he was young. I was 22. He was 50. And um I came up with something and, you know, a lot of times people have these conversations. It's sort of thing maybe, you know, you have when you're in a a school dormitory in college or something or whatever. People just sitting around having cocktails and you say, if there's one person that you could spend a day with, who would that be? And a lot of people say it would be Jesus Christ. Some people say it would be Winston Churchill, you know. But a lot of people say, gosh, if I had one more day with my dad or my mom. So I came up with this premise for a story, which is, as you mentioned, that the the narrator is a young man who six years after his father's death finds a letter in a box of papers in the attic as his mother's moving out of their family house and going to Florida. 
and he finds his letter, and this is no spoiler alert because it happens right in the beginning, and the letter discloses this father's claim because the father, as you said, was a ne'er-do-well, and he never got anything right in life at all, but this one he says is for real, and there's this treasure, and that if his son ever gets this letter, he should track this down. And so we've got this young man who's led this completely straight-laced life, unlike his dad, and now he's got to figure out, does he just put this letter in a drawer and say, oh, that dad, what a silly guy, or does he pursue his father's dreams? And we know what he does, because the book is called Fool's Errand, <laughs> right. and, and he winds up on an what winds up being an international treasure hunt. And so it was a lot of fun. I got to, in answer to your question about fathers and sons, I got to examine a lot of experiences that I had with my dad, and so the dad, even though he had died earlier, he becomes a character in the book through the reminiscences and the things that occurred and it was just great fun for me to write i never wrote a book that was easier to write than this one and and people tend to love it i don't say that out of you know yeah yeah i yeah. don't want to sound vain but people love it because they say boy when i got done reading this book the first thing i wanted to do was call my mom or my dad if you're lucky enough to have your parents living and that so that's the source of the book uh, Je uh, Jeffrey Stevens is our guest, and uh, I mentioned he's got uh, lots of books he's written. If you go over and look at Amazon or somewhere, you'll see he's got all these different books. This one is called Fool's Errand. It's it's good for Father's Day. It's good for uh, thinking about family. But uh, so one thing, uh, Jeffrey, was your dad a ne'er do well? I hate to say it like that, but was did he have a a, a, a a you know was it a difficult his life difficult and sort of not successful? Yes, in the in in the interest of full disclosure, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of me in this book, and there's a lot of my father. Um, he was a very very interesting Italian American character in New York City, and a lot of that comes through in the story. Um, he was always reaching for that brass ring that he could never quite grasp, and he did not have a successful life in business, and he was not a professional. And I mean, he wasn't any kind of like an evil guy or anything like that, but he was mm -hmm. he was a tough customer. But I learned a lot from him in life. And a lot of that comes through in the book. And I hope really hope that when people read this, they read it in the context of thinking about their own parents, because here's one thing. One of the messages I really wanted to give that even after your parents are gone, they are still such an amazing influence on us because they were there at the beginning. They yeah. raised us a basic personality traits, our quality, whether we have integrity or not, whether we're honest or not, that all comes from those early days for most of us. And so when people read it, I hope they're thinking of their own parents because that's the point of the book. Uh, again, Jeffrey Stevens, our guest, Post Hill Press is the uh, publisher. I, I love those guys over there. Fool's Aaron is the book. Um, a different part of that, though, that I have to tell you, I, I and my dad's my dad. You remind me of my dad, who's still living. He's a lawyer and he's very he's been very successful and is a pretty well adjusted guy ish and uh, all that. But but I also thought when I re when I read this and I was reading rereading parts of it, I'd marked it up. Blackie is the father, and then the, the son is in pursuit of this fool's errand. One of the things I thought, Jeffrey, was every like you're such a success, right? You have all these books, a successful lawyer, all that stuff, and right. yet. Every one of us feels like Blackie looked to his son, if you get my drift. In other I words, do. you're we're all sort of we all feel like losers. And somehow when you get to the point where the, at the end of the book, you say this Blackie father, he 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 was a full role. And maybe that's I hate to sound like that Nicholson movie, but maybe that's as good as it gets. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Maxwell Perkins, the famous editor of Hemingway and Fitzgerald and Thomas Fool, said, 
every good deed a man does is to please his father. That's number one. <laughs> number two, right. number two is the, I guarantee you that the only person in the world who wants you to be more successful than he is, is your dad. No one else roots for that the way your father does. <laughs> That's pretty good. And, I like that. And so so for me, that was the fun of this is that to see it through his eyes and to see it through the son's eyes and going after this dream that his father had. And whether it's real or not, the reader will come to see. But it's all about that sort of thing that you're talking about, the, the integrity, the emotions and how we judge ourselves and the growth of the young man who is the narrator of the book from the beginning to the end. I mean, it's not a long book, but as you know, but but from the beginning to the end, he's a different person. He's grown up right. largely because of what his father's done for him. And what what's better than that? The other thing about it, again, Jeffrey Stevens, our guest, uh, the book is Fool's Aaron. It's a novel, Post Hill Press, find it anywhere they sell books. It's good for Father's Day. The other part of this, Jeffrey, to me was um, that, especially now, you know, I think I'm right. I I, I guess I got a, a details gone. But did Blackie and and uh, his wife stay married? I don't think the family broke up, or maybe they did. But doesn't, oh no doesn't, no no, they stayed married. Yeah, oh, yeah. It does doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in this set. But in a world where there's so much divorce, so many broken families, so much going on, my point is. You don't have to have a broken family to have good old fashioned dysfunction and you don't have to have uh, to, to have success in relation to the, the people in your life. Your father, in this case, you don't have to have perfection. And and somehow it's kind of the, the book gives you some. But it's really fun, by the way. It's a clever story and it moves along. Um, and there's lots of fun things. I, I, I like the the uh, the style of the of the narrator. But but it sort of sends that message. I think that's another part of it. It's kind of, you know, it, it, everybody comes from a broken family in, in a certain sense, you know, that, you know, not to be too dramatic, but you all work it out. And that's no, the beauty of working it out. I'm so with you. No family is perfect. And as I have a friend who's got a great line apropos what you're saying, which is families put the fun in dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's pretty good. That's also pretty good. The um, did you ever want to when you finished this one, did you want to write on that again? Did you've had a series of books? You've been very successful. I think three or four uh, for the early one, other series. Did this is there another one that pulls through on this or is it was this a sort of one off? No, this is this is a one-off. Uh, although I do have other books coming up that, that have already been written and we're going to be we're going to be publishing. And thank you for asking. But but this book is a standalone in the sense of that relationship between the father and the son, because as you know, at the end, the the son is complete with this. Yeah. And that that's where I wanted to get to. I didn't want this to be some dangling dangling participle at the end. I wanted yeah, yeah. this to be a, a a book that. And as you point out, by the way, there's a lot of funny stuff in this book. I mean, there are, there are laugh out loud scenes. There yeah. are there are scenes that'll get a tear to your eye. That's what the book's about. Well, and that's the thing, Jeffrey uh, Jeffrey Stevens. I guess it's different to me. It's different than your other books. Now, I've only read four four maybe four or five of your books. Yeah, there's four Sandors. Thank you. Yeah, there's and, four Sandors. There's a uh, crimes and passion which is a murder mystery and then the new one the handler and there's a, a sequel to that coming out in the fall but but fool's errand is different by the yeah. way not to be commercial about this but jeffrey <laughs> stevens stevens is with a ph so if you look for me on amazon look for stevens with a ph and you'll Good. find all of these books there yeah that's an exp 
experienced guy. You did that with me one of the time. You make sure well, I'll make sure to put up on social media correctly. <laughs> Unfortunately, hey, we're out of time, Jeffrey. Somewhere uh, in the in the heavens, uh, your your father is uh, is is proud of you on this Father's Day. So thanks for the book and thanks for coming on. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to you and to everybody. God bless. All right. Thank you, Jeffrey S. Stevens. I will put up on social media to his uh, spell his name and his website and links to the book. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. Hey, I, I wanted to give you a little bit more uh, meat for the Phyllis Schlafly Collegian Summit. If you go to phyllisschlafly.com uh, forward slash or backslash forward slash, I guess, <laughs> Collegians, and there's a button on the front of that page, phyllisschlafly.com. Um, and so it's been going on for almost three decades, more than a couple, maybe a year or two past three decades. I don't know if it's been 30 times because we had interrupted a couple of times. But the instinct, as I mentioned, of the Phyllis Schlafly Collegian Summit was Phyllis wanted to be in D.C. She wanted to highlight good authors and writers and books because she thought that was so important. And she wanted to highlight elected officials and public servants who were in public life or recently in public life. They would all come together. So she would do it for almost two days, two full days, parts of two days. So it would be two days. Uh, it would, by the time you're done, it was kind of one and three quarters of a day. We did that for a long time. We've recently been doing this Collegians virtual summit because we can get great speakers to the office of the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Then we can record it and we can use it all year long. And and uh, and it was in, in it, not an inexpensive effort to bring 100 kids, 100 young college students to town. So we've adjusted and we still have some students that come. But if you go to phyllisschlafly.com, click on the button. And the idea, again, is college students. What are the issues we're talking about? Now, we got a lot of good people who are talking about issues, conservative issues on college campuses. Students for Life does a nice job. Leadership Institute does a nice job. Lots of different groups. What we're doing here is helping to identify key players that we can introduce and and uh, and expose the young people to their leadership. So you'll have people like Mike Davis. Mike Davis is a very influential attorney who's a young guy. He's probably in his 30s, maybe into his 40s now. He's he's basically had his hand in all of the Supreme Court justices, all three under Trump and lots of judges, the appointments, because He's a lawyer who clerked on the U.S. Supreme Court for Gorsuch. He uh, worked in the White House in the in the executive branch, and he was Chuck Grassley, one of his senior aides. So he's been all over the playing field. Davis is talking about what's going on with the lawfare. You've got we've, we're going to have a guy named Mike Howell who's over at Heritage Action. Mike Howell is a guy who is assisting in the oversight function of the U.S. Congress, the Congress, House and Senate has a role to be oversight and checking on the executive branch and, frankly, the judiciary, too. And so Mike Howell will be with us, right? We'll have Congressman Pete Sessions of, of Texas. Oh, Congressman Jason Smith, Ways and Means Committee chairman. Um, so we got lots of different people talking about specific issues. Todd Benzman talking about immigration. We've got a guest from India who is an uh, uh, an engineer who has spoken across the world and in America recently on the problem of the climate movement that is being foisted upon other nations and being used as what he calls it climate colonialism. In other words, the climate change movement is about power and money 
And you better be careful in understanding that. So we'll talk with him uh, also at Collegians. We will um, uh, spend some time. Uh, I mentioned Benzman. That's a key issue. Oh, uh, Dr. Uh, Piper, Everett Piper, who was a president of a university, is going to be with us. Uh, he was uh, is now an elected county commissioner. We'll talk about local oh elections. Uh, Engelbrecht, um, Catherine Engelbrecht will join us. So we're going to cover the key issues but we're also going to cover them with the key people because what we discovered was if you get the right people in the mix, you will find that they, um, they kind of, they will uh, force multiply and, uh, and personality multiply out into the community. So it's a very good, very effective uh, thing to do. Now the theme this year is the power of patriotism, the power of patriotism, For our collegians, we want to underscore the notion of believing in America and banding together in that belief, because patriotism is not just, oh, I like America. Well, that's true, but it's actually sharing that affection, sharing that attachment for America is what patriotism can be. It's not just my good feeling. It's my good feeling in connection to other people and connection to other people. And it will make a a very, it's a very effective thing uh, to understand. And so we're excited about that. That was a topic that was suggested. I think Ryan Height from our team uh, suggested that and it uh, pretty effective. Uh, Also, we will, um, we we booked everything and we found out that we uh, are already uh, full um, to capacity in terms of the number of guests, Uh, but we'll be moving 20 minutes. We'll have 20 minute, um, interview uh, segments in which there'll be an interview with the key person and then questions and answers. If you're watching live, we will uh, use your questions. If you put them into post them into the, uh, into the system, we've also been soliciting questions from folks all across the country, asking them our Eagle leaders, Hey, what's a good topic to talk about? Uh, who else should, you know, we engage or what other topics should we engage here? So it will be a, a really fun time. It will be a helpful experience. I think, and we're really excited about it. We I always enjoy it. Um, I I tell people with these kinds of events, you go, um, you do two things, three things. One, you promote the event and people know you're out here. They give you feedback. They give you ideas. Number two, you have the event. The event itself will stand on its own. And three, you use the event afterwards to promote the issues and move the conversation even further. And so that's what we'll be doing. Um, oh, we'll, we'll also talk pro-life. Um, great report. From the American Life League on Planned Parenthood, they're $670 million a year in tax dollars. What are they using it for? Big salaries. Big salaries for their top people. We'll talk with Hugh Brown of the American Life League about that. Um, so we got a lot to do. We're going to cover a lot. And we encourage you to visit phyllisschlafly.com. Click on the button there to watch Participate Live. It will be Tuesday evening, 5 o'clock in the afternoon till 9 o'clock in the evening, East Coast time. So 2 o'clock West Coast in the afternoon, all the way up until uh, 6 o'clock and probably afterwards. And you can go online and watch these afterwards, too. So uh, I, I encourage you, philoshopley.com slash collegians. Thank you for uh, in advance for participating. Thank you to Noah Dingley, our great producer, Ryan Hyde for associate producing. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you later. Pro America Report on The Answer, San Diego. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.